Hello, I'm Sabrina Dean. Welcome to another edition of the Weekly Wrap podcast brought to you by Farmers Weekly, in which we bring you interviews with prominent leaders in the agriculture and agribusiness sector to get a sense of how the coronavirus pandemic and related restrictions are affecting the various farming industries. Before we get to that, though, let's first touch base with our editor, Deneen Erasmus. Hi, Deneen. How are you? Hi, Sabrina. Yes, it's going well. I think everybody in South Africa is breathed a sigh of relief after President Sir Ramaphosa announced that we will be gradually emerging from this five-week lockdown. And together with that, we've got some more good news for our readers. Even though due to the lockdown, printing of the magazine had to be halted in April to comply with national regulations. And then also as a result of the two-week extension, the first magazine that will be printed has now been postponed to the 15-May issue. However, the good news is that the editorial team has decided to produce digital magazines for both the 1-May and May issues. And Even more good news is that these magazines will be available for free on multiple digital platforms. We know that our readers have, over the last few weeks, really missed the weekly delivery of their latest farming news and information as featured in the magazine. And even though we as the Farmers Weekly team have been busy producing daily news for the website, we've also been eager to start putting together our flagship publication again. And that's why we decided to make these two first issues of May available for free online. The 1 May issue will be available for download from Friday 24 April, that's today. And then our second digital issue, the 8 May issue, um, that will go live on the final day of the national lockdown on Thursday the 30th of April. And then I just quickly want to give the listeners an update on the features in the 1 May issue that they can look forward to. We speak to pig stud breeder and farmer Sepia Crick who has brought his operation, Tybos Piggery, in line with European standards of group housing. And according to Creek coupled with the latest technology, this has resulted in increased production and higher profits. Um, we also feature a group of land reform beneficiaries in KZN who, having suffered several setbacks in their efforts to make their agribusiness profitable, has at last got the help they needed from an agricultural transformation organization. And then maybe just finally, we've also got a guest columnist for this issue, the Chief Economist for the National Agricultural Marketing Council, Dr. Sufisa Ntombela, who writes that agriculture, having been declared an essential service during the lockdown, should not suffer the same level of trade disruption as other sectors. However, the impact of the pandemic will be exacerbated by the fact that agriculture was already posting negative a negative growth outlook before the outbreak. So a lot of really interesting and informative pieces of writing in this one May digital issue that I say readers can download from today. Really looking forward to being able to access these digital issues online. And and you say that's entirely free? Yes, at no cost. And it will be available on, as I said, multiple platforms. The information is available on the website. Some of the platforms is Magster, Zimu, and also Issue. But there's been links published and instructions on how to access the magazine on our website. Okay, fabulous. And this, um, just for subscribers, Deneen, or for um, any reader? Absolutely anyone. But now first, back to you, Sabrina, speaking, I believe, today with Dr. John Purchase, 
about the impact that the pandemic has had on agribusinesses and the food supply chain. All right, so we're joined on the line today again by Dr. John Purchase. Now, Dr. Purchase is the CEO of South Africa's Agricultural Business Chamber, AgBiz. Essential services at this time, the agriculture sector, provision of food services, agribusinesses in the value chain, no rest for the wicked. Um, John, how are you? Yes, we are keeping very well, very busy at the moment, trying to sort out a lot of problems and gray areas, keeping the supply chains working in the whole agro-food system, also for the non-essential products in the agricultural sector. So it's, it's very diverse and a lot of issues that we have to cover to make sure that the supply chains work because it's all about food security in the end. We must make sure that food is available to everybody in this country at affordable prices. And given the lockdown measures, it's, it is a challenge. John, let's sort of like start off there. I mean, we're now um, on the eve of three weeks into lockdown. One of the challenges we saw early on uh, were the regulations was, for example, informal traders not being allowed to sell vegetables. That's one of the things that has been rectified. I'm sure there's been other things that people are not aware of as people have tried to continue ensuring food production, distribution, processing, etc. continues to happen during this time. What has your experience been there? Yes, I think just before the lockdown uh, was implemented, we had sight of the measures that were going to be implemented with the lockdown. Uh, we had, I think, two or three meetings with Minister De Giza just before the lockdown. And even in the first meeting, I raised as probably our biggest concern uh, would be the distribution and the sale of food in the informal market. Now, a lot of people don't know that the informal market in South Africa probably covers roughly 40% of all food sold and distributed in South Africa. For example, we know that 60% of red bait goes into the informal market. 30% of the broiler industry goes into the informal market as live cows. Roughly close to 40% of all fruit and veg goes to the informal market. For example, Janusburg fresh produce market, 60% of the fresh produce sold there goes into the informal market through the so-called bucket traders that then supply the vendors and the hawkers at the street corners, at taxi ranks, etc., at construction sites. You see them all over. So uh, people underestimate how huge this informal market is and how it operates, how efficient it is. And it's actually a great small business development project. And if ever a government department like small business development should get involved somewhere a long time ago, they should have got involved in these small business development opportunities. So once they cut down to the measures on any open-air trading, it immediately put that whole system at massive risk. And the people, the indigenous communities in townships, in informal settlements, etc., would have very limited access to the basic necessities of bread, staple foods like maize meal, fruit and veg, etc. So we could see that the way they structured the measures was going to cause a huge problem. They were going to close Johannesburg Fresh Produce Market, and it was basically our intervention that stopped them from doing that. They were going to close the Fresh Produce Market, my word. They were going to close it. And then uh, in MASA, members who are members of AGBIS, the Institute for Market Agents of South Africa, worked with us and, and we managed to get the fresh produce markets open because that's an essential service within the agri-foods uh, industry. So these are the type of things that caused a lot of concern initially that we have managed to sort out. Now, in the informal markets, 
we've at least got the fresh produce going, but not in terms of the meat products. Offal products are going to be uh, live fowls or not. There's no way that they can get into the informal market. So there's still a lot of gaps. And this raises the question or the, the distinct possibility of food riots in these areas. And now we've seen riots erupting in the Western Cape yesterday. And we also saw looting of uh, one of the big retail stores in the areas around Cape Town as well. I've heard, I mean, I've even heard reports of riots, Eastern Cape and Tata, I think on Eastern Monday, there was Alexandra and Gauteng yesterday at a food parcel distribution point. There's a lot of liquor outlets obviously being targeted among that a a degree of criminality, but obviously a degree of desperation among some of these people. As you said, the informal market operates well, and once you cut that off, it creates a ripple. Absolutely. And so we are worried about that. We're also starting to get worried because it's an issue that's now definitely surfacing again is the safety of the distribution lorries that are moving the food around because they are also now becoming targets of hijackings, etc. So we, we are engaging government also on the safety and security of the distribution system of large lorries to retail stores, etc. Because people become desperate. And, and the worst thing you can have of all riots, a food riot is the worst because Negotiating with a hungry person or trying to appease a hungry person is not easy. And, and so, it, and that's not somewhere where we want to be. And that's strangely enough, despite all of our other challenges, South Africa is in a very privileged position in terms of having a degree of food security. We produce enough food to feed our country uh, if it comes down to that. We also have enough laborers. It's not like Europe, for example, where they have to charter planes to bring in people to go and harvest. Taking a look at that level of food security that we have, but in the same breath, getting it out there to the people at this time, inequality gaps are coming into play, um, all sorts of issues like that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, I think we, we must remember in South Africa we have a really good world-class food system, agri-food system. We are a net exporter of food to the value of approximately uh, 4 billion US dollars. You can multiply that by more or less 20, that gives you about 80 billion rand or close to that. In total, our agricultural exports exceed 150 billion uh, rand, and we import roughly about uh, 70 or 80 billion rand's worth of food. So we are in a net situation, we're really good. Yes, we import rice, we import half of the wheat we use, but uh, we export a lot of products. So our national food security is really good. We do have household food security with approximately 20% of our population are food insecure at household level, and that's because yeah. they, they're not in the economic mainstream. The yeah. buying power, not the fact that there isn't food, it's that they can't afford the yeah. food that is available. Exactly. The food is there, and it's at an affordable price, but they, they don't have the means to can purchase that food as they require, and that's where the problem comes in. And that's where we're concerned now with these potential food drives. As you said, you can't argue with them. You, you can't even blame a hungry person. You never mind argue with one. Exactly. So government is in many cases now trying to roll out food bars because you must remember now with the schools being closed, the school feeding schemes have collapsed. Mm-hmm. So we, government is trying to roll out as far as possible and we have within the star scheme of Minister Deguza on which we serve with the Department of Social Development and also with provincial departments to try and get food parcels out to the needy. But you always have gaps with these things. Mm-hmm. You can never address all the communities and all the needs. And this is where a big problem still arises. This is probably the biggest issue. But we also have other issues around logistics in food. 
mm. especially our exports to the ports because they reduced the capacity in the ports to around 30%, and now we've managed to ramp it up to probably 70 75%. We'd still like to see it higher, but this is very important because at the moment we're going into, or we're actually in the peak of exports in terms of fruit. This is also the time that we overlap. The palm fruit is just sort of coming towards the end and the, and the table grapes, but now the citrus exports have started. And our citrus is one of our biggest income generators, revenue generators in terms of exports, in terms of everything, isn't it? Absolutely, and, and if you're just looking at the currency, and there's a really good crop this year, so we, one doesn't want to waste the opportunity. And, and two years back, we had exports of over 20 billion rands. I think with a, with a depreciation of the rand and the good crop, one could even look at figures as high as 25 billion rand worth of citrus exports if we can get it out and if the markets are available overseas, because some of the countries are also putting up barriers to importing. So it's not just getting it out of our own ports, it's also getting it into the other countries. So we need government to really work hard with other governments to keep the barriers down and to and make sure that our citrus and our fruit exports into Korea, South Korea, Japan, China, etc., especially the Far East and the Middle East, are open. So these are, this is also a really important aspect that we're working on. Thank you for that, Sabrina, and also thank you to Dr. Purchase for taking the time to speak with us. Um, we know that he has been extremely busy during this lockdown period to lobby government for easing some of the regulations that have pertained to the various agricultural industries. This was the first part of the interview with Dr. Purchase. Second part of this of this interview will be available from next week. Also to be published next week in our special podcast series is an interview with the head of the National Emergent Red Meat Producers Organization, Agri Mahanjana, who talks about how certain after-lockdown regulations, for example, around livestock auctions, have impacted emerging farmers in particular. So in the meantime, just again, remember to go and read our free online magazine, the one may issue available this week. And also follow us on social media, that's on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly SA. All the best and enjoy the long weekend.